Let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that, God, you are a good, good God. And this morning, we just ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on us. You'll just give us an ear to hear what your Spirit is saying. And just help us. We thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And so, God, in this difficult time, we pray that you would guide us, that you would lead us, and you'd work out your kingdom plans through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, Psalm 37, verse 23, one of my uh, favorite passages. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall. How many people here have ever blown it besides me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a good news passage. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. That is bounce-back ability. Uh, David wrote this psalm uh, when he was old, so it was written from the perspective of looking back over decades of knowing God, of walking with God, looking back over a lifetime of many great victories, but also looking back over a lifetime of some spectacular failures. Uh, Last week, Pastor Tark preached on, uh, this is no time to quit. So, staying in the battle, uh, not quitting, requires perseverance and Resilience, and so that's what I want to talk to us about this morning: perseverance and and resilience. One of my ministry colleague friends over the years is an American called uh, Jerry Cook. I've been fishing with him a number of times, and uh, had him preach in our church when I was in Hamilton. Uh, Jerry wrote a book called Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness, which is one of the best sellers. Uh, of the charismatic uh, move. For those of you who are older, uh, you will probably know that particular book. It chronicles his journey of how his East Hill Church in Gresham, Oregon grew from just a handful to over 3,000 in less than a year. You imagine the people problems in that. Uh, From a handful to 3,000 in just a year. Um, He was ministering to Hippies, he was ministering to Jesus' people. It was just, it was just that time, and just God was just absolutely, amazingly, blessing him. Jerry told me though how one morning, pastoring his church of over four thousand, he went into his office, and it took him half an hour to decide which chair to sit down in, and then when he sat down. All he could do was cry. He was just basically emotionally burned out. Uh, Bill Hybels, Rick Warren, Wayne Kadira, all great men of God uh, with fantastic ministries have all suffered burnout at one time in their ministry or other. And so do many biblical saints. Uh, When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, Uh, Moses and Elijah were there representing the law and the prophets. They were there as the representatives of the Old Testament. So they were the big two, basically, in the Old Testament. Moses would have burnt out if his father-in-law hadn't come and shown him a better way to do ministry. 
Uh, Elijah, after calling down fire, slaughtering the prophets of Baal, then running the equivalent of a marathon, became emotionally, physically depleted and became suicidal. My eldest son, Peter, early on in a Hillsong United tour of New Zealand, had a catatonic burnout. Uh, A couple of days later, I had a call from Darlene Check, who was the worship director at Hillsong Church at the time, and we talked for ages about what had happened and the stresses on Pete's life. And one of the comments that Darlene made that stuck in my memory was this. She said, if this could have happened to Peter, it could happen to anybody. So we have to change things and the way we do Hillsong United Tours. And they did. I was absolutely amazed how this huge church actually changed things very, very quickly. They addressed a number of stress creators. They changed the way they did United Tours and how they funded the team. And they created a less stressful environment for their team members. You know, also... We can change the way we live and work so that we will finish the race that God has set before us and finish it well. And we need to because everyone is susceptible to stress and burnout and other health problems. And the enemy wants you to quit and give up. Before I became a pastor, as you know, I was the technical executive of New Zealand's largest exporter and the largest co-op dairy company in the world. There was a lot of pressures in that particular job, uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. But the pressure of that job was nothing compared to the daily pressure of leading a church. Uh, To be successful and fruitful and fulfill all of God's plans for your life. We need to develop resilience. Uh, The dictionary tells us that resilience is the ability or the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's the ability of a substance or an object to spring back into shape without being permanently deformed. Uh, God has created us with the capacity for great resilience, but we need to develop it. And we are living in difficult times. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.1 says this, that in the last times, difficult times will come. And the reality is we can't change our environment often. But we can change the way we respond to difficulties. Most often, in my experience, God does not take us out of a situation. He shows us how to live in the middle of that situation. He gives us peace in the middle of the storm. He teaches us how to survive. And he gives us the abilities, the strength and the wisdom so that as we survive, we can help others. Uh, In fact, in Romans 8 verse 37, it says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us his strength. He gives us his wisdom so that we can do that. Have you noticed that without God's help, people don't cope with stress very well? In fact, 
people in the world do stress very, very poorly. Uh, it's not how worldly smart you are, but it's how godly wise you are. My brilliant cousin, uh, New Zealand's most celebrated mathematician, same age as myself, recognised as one of the leading mathematicians in the world, had all the fame, had all the for- fortune, had all the recognition. Uh, New Zealand Order of Merit, Sir Vaughan Jones. But a couple of years ago, he committed suicide. No Jesus, no hope, no peace. All the brains in the world won't get you through without the Lord Jesus Christ. God has created our bodies to respond to stressful situations. When the stress is physical or emotional, the response is the same. Our bodies produce what? Adrenaline. That's right. Our bodies produce adrenaline. This helps the body perform physical activity. It helps the body respond to injury. In fact, it's absolutely amazing how the body works. Uh, When we get injured, uh, it takes the blood away from certain areas, brings it into other areas to maximise the potential of the person to survive. Our bodies are amazing in what they do. However, when we're under stress for a long time, And when our bodies are producing adrenaline on a regular basis, when that's repeated, the adrenaline, rather than being a help, is a hindrance. It starts to interfere with the way our body is meant to function. And so physical and emotional symptoms start to become overwhelming. And that's something which will pull us down rather than build us up. You may have heard people say that the race of life is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. Well, actually, I've found that it's not a marathon. It's more like an Ironman race. The Ironman has three disciplines. The 3.8-kilometre swim, the 180-kilometre bike ride, and the 42-kilometre marathon. If you fail at any one of these disciplines, you won't finish the race. It's no good being the best marathon runner in the world. If you can't swim, you're not going to finish an Ironman. Similarly, uh, you, you, you need to be good at all three disciplines if you are going to finish an Ironman. Similarly, in a car. You have three really important reservoirs in your car. You have the oil reservoir, you have the water reservoir, and you have the fuel reservoir. Uh, It's no good having your car full of fuel and water if you run out of oil. If you run out of oil, you're going to cook your engine. It's no good having your car full of oil and fuel and you run out of water. You're going to blow your engine. You can be full of water and oil, but if you run out of fuel, your car is going to stop. In fact, in my car, that's even more important because I've got a hybrid. And if I run out of fuel in my hybrid, 
and the battery is low, I can't just put petrol in the car and turn it on and start it. No, I have to be towed to Toyota for them to do a special start. So if I run out of fuel, it's going to cost me hundreds of dollars. As you can imagine, I'm very particular to make sure I don't run out of fuel. But anyway, Iron Man three disciplines. Car, three reservoirs. Us, we are a triune being. We are spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to keep our spiritual, our emotional and our physical tanks full if we are going to create resilience in our life. A better people than you and I have suffered because they neglected one or two of these areas. Uh, to build resilience, we should start with making sure that our spiritual reservoir is full. That we have an up-to-date relationship with the Lord uh, that is crafted out of a desire for intimacy and to know Him rather than religious duty. Uh, this should be our number one priority. Okay, It's not our only priority, but it should be our number one priority. Uh, one of the amazing men in the Bible who was described as a man after God's own heart, a man who served the plans and purposes of God in his generation, was King David. But he went through a really, really dark period, recorded in 2 Samuel 11, where he absolutely crashed. And I wondered why God would show some of these failures in the Bible. And I am absolutely convinced that God showed us the failures of men and women so that we wouldn't make the same mistakes. In 2 Samuel 11, we see that David committed adultery, committed murder. Uh, but what's really amazing is that at the time, he didn't even recognize the enormity of what he was doing. So what caused David to crash? Well, various people have suggested that it was all Bathsheba's fault. Blame the woman. And all the men said, <laughs> that wasn't a man. <laughs> no, it wasn't Bathsheba's fault. Uh, people have suggested that David was in the wrong place. He should have been out leading his army. But while... While positioning is important, it wasn't the root cause of David's demise. If positioning was all important, then Joseph would not have been able to withstand the adulterous advances of Potiphar's wife. He was in the wrong place. But what did he do? He ran. He ran. There's always a way out. God always gives us a way out, a door out of temptation. Keeping yourself busy might mask your problems for a while, but ultimately what's going on in the inside is going to come out. Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. David, as a young man, had a heart after God. He was a worshipper. 
he valued intimacy with God. He loved God. He trusted God. And God plucked him from obscurity and anointed him to be king, not because of his giftings, but because of his heart. Uh, He had no kingly training, but his heart was after God. And when he played the harp, he was so anointed that demon spirits were quieted. God protected him, was with him, anointed him, and opened doors for him and gave him success. But after years of God's blessing, David lost his intimacy with God. And David got busy doing things for God instead of spending time with God. He got distracted. And it's so easy to get distracted. There's a lot going on. And in the COVID debate, a lot of it is distraction, distraction, distraction. In Luke chapter 10, uh, Jesus had come to visit the home of Mary, Mary and Martha. But the Bible says that while Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. The preparations that had to be made were good. They were necessary. But they were a distraction because they were good things at the wrong time. In fact, uh, Jesus comments and says, Mary's chosen the better, just to sit and listen to him. That was what was needed in the moment. Good things can become a distraction when they get out of priority. David never lost his belief in God, but he got distracted, allowed his heart to be filled with a whole lot of other stuff, and he was no longer focused on intimacy with God. And that is so, so important. When you let other stuff in, uh, when you let hurts in, when you let bitterness in, it will lead you away from the plans and away from the purposes of God. I know this. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I got a letter from some people who have been in the church for 25 years saying that they were leading the church. And uh, I was so hurt uh, by what had gone on. And my first reaction was to write them a letter, a real letter, and tell them exactly what I thought. Uh, Fortunately, I waited, I waited, I waited, and Pastor Tark ended up replying. And I, I said to Tark yesterday, Tark, you are so much more gracious than what I am. And I appreciated his loving response to these people. If, if I had sent my letter, I would have burnt bridges, but something would have entered my spirit. And Bitterness and unforgiveness always takes us away from the plans and the purposes of God. Guard your heart. Guard your heart because out of it comes the wellspring of life. The number one lesson I see from David's life is to guard your intimacy with the Lord above all else. Don't get distracted. Psalm 91 verse 1. Whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You can't be dwelling in the secret place while you're firing arrows (laughs) at, at friends. Okay? Isaiah 40 verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Your secret place is the place that you wait in. It's your place of intimacy with the Lord. Waiting on the Lord renews your spiritual and your emotional strength. And that is so important. People who don't know the Lord have no hope and little resilience to cope with the problems of the times. But we have. Guard your heart from attacks. As best as possible, stay sweet. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Read the word and prioritize knowing God. And one of the things, I I can be a little bit ill-disciplined at times. One of the things that's really, really helped me over the years has been a Bible reading plan. And so I have a Bible reading plan where I'm reading through the Old Testament, I'm reading through the New Testament once a year, and uh, I have it on my iPad, I have it on my iPhone, and for the Old Testament, quite often I'll, I'll put on an audio version of the Old Testament, and I'll just sit back and listen to it. And I find that's a really good way of just getting the gist of the whole story of it. The New Testament, I spend a lot of time in my reading, just reading it slowly, picking up every word, every sentence. But if you haven't got a Bible reading plan, uh, then I suggest that you get one. Either come and have a chat to me, I'll tell you what I'm using, or you can just Google um, American Bible Society Bible reading plan, and they produce a plan every year. And I think, um, Penny, we used to have copies of them on the desk. If anyone wants one, uh, we can get you some. But do something. Get structured in that area because if you don't get structured, uh, you will miss out because the enemy loves to put distractions in front of us. So we miss out on what is really, really important sitting at Jesus' feet. Spiritual tank. Emotional tank. Most of the heroes of the faith, highballs, Rick Warren, Wayne Kadira, all had fantastic spiritual tanks. They were all full. Their prayer life was absolutely fantastic. But most of them neglected their emotional tank, and so they crashed. In the Word, there are so many examples of people who have become emotionally drained, Isaiah called it being undone. Jeremiah said he wished he'd never been born. Moses asked God to blot him out of the book of life. Jonah said that for him, death was better than life. And then all through history, people like Mother Teresa, Spurgeon, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, all have bouts of emotional depletion or depression. So please don't think it could never happen to you. I was talking to a a, a really... A fine, upstanding Christian man in our first service uh, who is a leader in his field. And he said, to, he said, Don, I had a period 
of burning out. I never knew that. There are a number of keys to guarding your emotional health. And the first of these is what I call the Kit Kat ad. Anyone seen that ad for Kit Kat on TV? What's the slogan? What was that? Take a break. Take a break. Take a break. All right. Even God rested on the seventh day. We need to plan to fill up our emotional tank by regularly doing stuff that you enjoy. You will not maximize your fruitfulness unless you learn to relax and have fun. So what do I do? These days, I watch sport, play golf, go fishing, uh, walk in my garden, holidays. These are all things that um, build me up. What drains me? Excessive counselling. Unnecessary paperwork. Deadlines placed on me by others. These are all things that just encroach there. Now, all of that is all necessary stuff, but I need to balance it out to build up from those areas that will pull me down. Uh, You have to work just as hard at building up your emotional tank as your spiritual tank. Um, 3 John 2, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So that verse tells us that, and we know it from experience, that our physical health often is tied to our emotional well-being. Now this message that I'm delivering to you in 25 minutes this morning uh, has taken about three hours to deliver to missionaries in Germany. And uh, for the last few years, while we were able to travel, uh, the Steiger team in Germany, we took them through this, um, this whole area. So I'm just picking the eyes out of some of the bits and pieces of it this morning just to highlight what I think are really, really necessary for us to learn to build up resilience in our lives. Your emotional well-being will impact your physical health. Physical health is really, really important. It affects your quality of life and affects your ministry. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that if you're sick, it's because of your fault. I'm not saying that. But for some people, sickness will be your fault because you haven't looked after your body. Uh, two weeks ago, I met Inga Tugamala uh, at his younger sister's funeral uh, down in Auckland. Uh, Inga said in a video prelude that he was um, producing, especially aimed at um, Pacific Island peoples, he said, I have type 2 diabetes, I am overweight and high blood pressure, I guess I've dropped the ball don't want to be a statistic. Unfortunately, he came to that realisation too late. And 
on Thursday night he died at age 52. If any of you have seen some of the tributes to Inga, you'll see this bustling, fit young man running over the opposition, absolutely obliterating them. Add 20 years on to that. And you'll see an overweight, unfit person who has neglected his body. His father died at uh, age 48, and so that alone should have told him, hey, there's some uh, congenital things here. I need to look after my body. The reality is, the older you are, the more you'll be slowed down by your health. And so the more you have to work at it. Uh, what you are at age 60 is not the same as what you are at age 40, which is not the same as what you are at age 20. At age 40, uh, Penny will tell you, maybe she'd better not tell you, I could eat, I could eat anything. It doesn't matter what was put on the plate, I would, I would eat it. And I didn't put on any weight. Then I woke up one day at 40, 41 years of age. And suddenly my metabolism had slowed down and I actually had to discipline myself and look after my weight. Now, I know some of you are thinking, ah, he doesn't need to. But the reality is, I do. I'm not going to show you my love handles. But the reality is, I have to watch my weight. The older you are, the more you have to work at this vital area. Uh, What are you doing to keep fit? If you sow energy, you'll reap energy. And for younger people, it is really good to get into a habit of building fitness into your life as you are younger because it will lay the platform for when you are older. I would hate to die and stand before the Lord and God said to me, you're 20 years too soon. I had another 20 years for you to work my plans and purposes. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we need to look after them. The spiritual giant Elijah, through physical exhaustion, which led to emotional depletion, wanted to commit suicide. Wow, that would have been a a great feather in the enemy's cap if that had happened. Don't get into that situation for yourself. Look out for yourself physically. And if you need some inspiration, ask your spouse 
Honey, am I overweight? <laughs> Honey, am I unfit? <laughs> and see what she says. <laughs> if she says, well, I'm going for a walk around the block. Why don't you come with me? <laughs> Do it. Do it. It's one of the good things about golf is um, I try and play golf every Monday and when I miss a game because it's been wet or whatever, I feel the difference in my body. If I have a good game of golf, I walk seven kilometres and I feel really great. If I have a bad game of golf, I walk 11 kilometres and I feel bad about my golf, but I felt good about the exercise that I get. Whatever you do, do it on a regular basis. And remember, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's given your body to support your spirit and your emotions. So look after it. Look after it. Remember, problems are temporary. But God's love towards us are permanent. The steps of a good man. Thanks, Isaac. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. And even if he falls, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his right hand. So, why don't you just bow your heads, shut your eyes right now. And ask the Lord. Spiritual tank, emotional tank, physical tank. Which ones are empty? Which ones are full? then when the Holy Spirit tells you what are you going to do about it so Lord we thank you that our steps are ordered by you so show us to fill up our spiritual tanks. Show us how to fill up our emotional tanks. Show us how to keep our bodies well. And then we leave the rest up to you. Help us to do our bit in partnering with you, Lord to make sure that when we finish this race we can finish well full of the Holy Spirit in your perfect timing